to be with you, Fellowship Church. Uh, those of you who are gathered in this space, those of you who are gathered with us online, and maybe those of you who are checking in with us later in the week to get caught up, it's good to be in this space together. We pray that it is a sacred and holy space where we will each encounter God with one another. Uh, today is actually still in the season of Christmas, and I am going to pitch it out to you guys what I did with the team this morning. Do you know what day of Christmas we're on? Guess. It's a number. Somewhere between 1 and 12. 9. I don't know if I heard it, but it's 9. <laughs> so if you haven't taken your tree down, you don't have to feel guilty. <laughs> uh, but we do get to continue to celebrate Christ's birth after waiting for four weeks through Advent. Um, the church calendar gives us 12 days to celebrate as we go from Christmas Day through to Epiphany. Um, so it's, it's good to do that together. I would invite you to stand and let's sing together this Christmas carol, God Rest Ye Merry. God rest ye merry people, all that nothing you dismay. Remember Christ our Savior was born on Christmas Day to save us all from Satan's power when we were gone astray. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy, comfort and joy, oh, tidings of comfort. Many of you may have made a New Year's resolution yesterday or began it yesterday. This is a time in our society, in our culture, in which we look back and look forward and try to make ourselves better, you might say. But as Christians, we believe that we are ultimately made better by Christ. And so, because of that grace that's been given to us, we can admit that we're never going to be perfect and we're never going to get it all right. In that spirit, let us pray a prayer of confession. Let's pray. O oh God, in the beginning you spoke, and creation was born, the object of your loving care. In the fullness of time you spoke, and the word became flesh, Jesus, a gift of your love for us. We wonder at the miracle of creation, and we stand in awe before the mystery of the incarnation. Forgive us, your people, who are often feeble in faith, empty of hope, and sometimes lacking in love. Oh God, we need you, Christ, to renew our commitment, our faith in you. 
May your star once more set our course firmly in your direction, for we have turned our faith into a lifeless ritual. May your manger call us again to expressions of love and devotion, for we have carefully kept our gifts and have not freely given our goods and hearts to you. May the Magi show us the spirit of giving. Lord, may your spirit linger in our hearts and bring renewal in our lives. This new year, let the miracle and mystery of Christmas happen again and again for us. For we wait with you with ready hearts, O God, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. My friends, the good news of the gospel is that when we confess our sins and for God is uh, generous in forgiving us and making us a new people, may we be those kind of people in this new year. Well, the Lord be with you, Fellowship Church. Is my mic on? There we go. My name is Nate Skipper, and I'm one of the pastors here at Fellowship Church, where our mission is to love God and others as an accepting community centered in Christ and focused on developing faithful followers of Jesus. And we are in the start of a new calendar year, and with that, we have a number of ways in which we, as a community, are seeking to belong, grow, and serve together. One of the ways is uh, by being a welcoming community to our refugee family who has arrived and has lived, been living in the Gore House home for a couple of weeks and will soon be moving into their own home. Therefore, we as a church community have an opportunity, you might have seen this in the weekly email this past week, we are going to hold a, or have a housewarming shower for them next Sunday right after the worship service. They are actually registered at a couple local stores, you can read about that in the email as well, um, but we're going to have a housewarming shower for them after the worship service. So. Uh, check that out. We'd love to bless them as they move into their own apartment and seek to begin a, a life afresh uh, here in Holland, Michigan. As well as uh, that starting next week, we also have uh, our community night starting on January 12th, not this Wednesday, but the following Wednesday. What a cool opportunity um, for us as a community to gather uh, together again uh, with the intent uh, to find places where we might belong with one another, grow in our faith, and, and serve uh, not just uh, Christ, but also uh, Christ through our community here uh, on, on the north side of Holland. 
also of note, uh, this is also from the, the weekly bulletin or the weekly email. Um, this summer, we're going to do kind of a cool thing. We have a, a new this year fellowship week at Camp Geneva. There's a couple of us folks that are going to be helping with being chaplains at the uh, uh, at. Camp Geneva, August 1st through 6th. So if you are still debating uh, for your kids or grandkids or cousins or friends uh, which week to go, we'd love to have you join us because there will be a crew of fellowship people there on August 1st through 6th. Uh, it'll be fellowship week at Camp Geneva, and we're so grateful uh, for the partnership we have with Camp Geneva and kind of making that work. We'd love to have you join us for that. Well, we have a practice here at Fellowship Church uh, around the first of the year. Every year, we, uh, not every year, but uh, for the last couple years, we've given a ch uh, the folks of Fellowship a chance to share a little bit of their story, what you might call a testimony of sorts, uh, a ways in which God has been at work in their lives. This is not necessarily a new tradition. We've done this in the form of videos uh, this fall that we called um, Stories of Hope. Uh, we also have had other people come uh, forward, but this morning we'll be hearing from three different folks um, from Fellowship Church. This isn't really a new tradition at all, though. Uh, this is something that our tradition, uh, in the theological sense, the Reformed Church, has kind of affirmed since its beginnings. Uh, we call it the priesthood of all believers, the doctrinal doctrine that we call, that we uh, adhere to, which means that all of us that have been baptized uh, have a story to tell. We all can relate to God uh, as individuals, but we also uh, can bear witness to the love and grace that we know in Jesus. And so this morning, we are going to hear from three different folks about the ways in which they, their relationship with God and with the church has transformed their lives in some way. It reminds me of a verse that we actually skipped over on Christmas Eve from John chapter 1. You remember that famous passage, the prologue to John, but we skipped over this little nugget about John the Baptist uh, when the gospel writer John said, there was a man who was sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. John the Baptist was a, a forebearer for us for this morning of one who testifies to the light, one who get, bears testimony uh, to the ways in which God is at work in their lives and the ways in which God is at work in this world. So we are going to hear from Alex Werfel in just a moment uh, about how he has belonged at Fellowship Church. We're going to hear from Carol Washburn a little bit about how she is growing in her faith and specifically how she has encountered Christ through the Gospel of John. And then we'll hear from uh, Ed and Jenny Schmidt about how serving together and within the ministry of Fellowship Church has been a, a formative experience for them as being a part of Fellowship Church. So, but this is kind of, uh, you know, intimidating for folks to come up and share a little bit. So I, I'd like for us, and we're going to do this for Alex to start, but then we'll do it at the end, too, to give uh, them a little bit of a boost. But let's, let's give a warm fellowship welcome to our three testimony givers uh, this morning. Alex, I'm not as good as you, so I need uh, this little cheat sheet to, m to make sure I keep on track, because, you know, if I get too chatty up here, we're going to be here until lunchtime, and I don't know that anybody else wants to do that. Alex, uh, tell, me a little, tell us a little bit about how you uh, began at Fellowship Church, or uh, how, how long have you been a part of Fellowship Church? Yeah, so for me, my story goes back to when my parents and my family joined back when I was in third grade. Uh, we had grown up in a church on the south side, but we're looking for some more involvement on the youth side of things, or at least some more children activities. So we moved over here to get more involved with the Sunday school, so that was third grade for me. And uh, ever since then, they've been active members of the church. Uh, they can wave back there, my parents can. Yeah, uh, Warful family, come yeah, on. Yeah, shout out. Uh, so, so yeah, we've been coming here ever since then. Uh, I went up to college in 2016, so that was like a little four-year hiatus, but, but now I'm back and living in the area. So, Alex, you have been at Fellowship much longer than I have. You, you should yeah. tell me something about Fellowship Church that I don't know. Yeah, yeah, if you don't know that, we're, we're actually in the parking lot. We used to park here at least a long time ago, so, uh, so yeah. Well, it's a, it's a used pretty to be a cozy, lot colder uh, here. beautiful yeah. parking yeah. lot that Five we're sitting Five years ago, in. yeah, a little colder. So. That's awesome. Uh, we uh, have been seeing you a little bit more often, Alex, uh, in the last year or so. Tell us a little bit about how um, you got why, why have we been seeing you more often now than we had uh, before, maybe? 
Yeah, so it kind of stems from two things. Uh, the first part was with COVID happening in 2020, uh, I was looking for jobs during that time and there weren't a whole lot of opportunities available. Uh, so with me graduating in May and having parents that were still in the area, I was able to move back home with them uh, and then just kind of figure out my plan and figure out what to do from there. And luckily I was able to get a job in July of that year, so only a couple months of waiting, looking for a job, and I was able to get a job uh, actually working with my dad. So that's been a really blessing, uh, big blessing for me, uh, being able to work in Holland and also to see my dad. Uh, but yeah, from that, uh, I was just looking to get plugged back into some social, uh, social settings. I uh, didn't really have a lot of friends from high school that were still in the area, at least that I knew of because of COVID, didn't really know what you could do or who to see. And uh, my dad had told me from coming to some of the church services here about some of the church uh, softball, and they needed some, I guess, more members to play just to have some extra legs in case uh, there were some subs or people had activities. So I got plugged into that. And uh, so I yeah, first started going to the softball. And then from there, it was uh, meeting up uh, with Bryce a couple times in the summer to see if I was uh, willing to help out with uh, the high school youth group. Um, so I've been doing that on Sundays and uh, coming back and getting plugged, to, plugged back in with the youth group because I was also an active member of the youth group when I was in high school. So good to be back doing that. So That's awesome, Alex. That uh, is a pretty unique story, not um, to uh, many people in your age demographic, but that's a pretty unique story um, for folks that graduated. A, first off, graduated in 2020, hard year to graduate. We're sorry yeah. uh, for that. <laughs> a little uh, rough. Uh, yeah. is a, did, and you, because you skipped out on graduation, you said too, right? Yeah, I mean, the first year and a half, we didn't really have anything to do. Uh, they tried to push it to August, but then they delayed that again because COVID. And they fortunately, were they were able to reschedule it again, and we were able to have our own uh, commencement, cer uh, commencement ceremony with the spring class of 2021, but we all 2020 grads had our own ceremony. So we all basically did at the same time as 2021 grads, but the 2022 or 2020 grads rather had their own ceremony. So we had to have our own little bookend celebration, so. And maybe what is most unique about that story, Alex, is not just that you graduated in 2022, which was a terribly difficult time for a lot of people to graduate, uh, and you found a job, which is awesome, and mm -hmm. uh, it's cool that you get to do that with your dad. Mm -hmm. um, but what's really unique about that, Alex, I think, is that you uh, looked for a community and in that kind of tender spice right after college when you're moving back to a town and you don't see people, you don't know as many people, you came back to church. Yeah. That's kind of cool uh, and, and pretty unique for 20-something-year-olds. Can you tell me a little bit or tell us a little bit about um, what uh, m might be, why, 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 why church? Why not yeah. go to the any other place. Yeah, I mean, there are a lot of other options, obviously, like Netflix and everything you could just do entertainment-wise, but growing up, I'd always been going to church, Sunday school, and even in college, I got plugged in with some Bible studies, so um, Christianity was still like a, a focal point of my identity, so I was still looking to have some ways to get plugged in, meet some people, and still kind of build um, at least some of my friend groups from uh, Christian groups, just so I could have some like-minded people that I was uh, getting to grow with, so. Um, not really knowing what all opportunities were available. I was just looking for kind of anything and uh, being kind of an athlete, I would say in high school, I was looking for just some things I could do that were more fun. So softball was kind of like the good way to get my foot in the door. And I started getting to meet uh, some more people there uh, and get more plugged back in with fellowship just from that and uh, yeah, having Darren run that thing. That's awesome. And uh, one of the analogies we have sometimes used at Fellowship Church is that uh, we, we talk about how folks need, we, there's a circle, maybe, uh, and we can scoot our own chairs in, uh, in terms of trying to make ourselves a little bit more vulnerable and pushing ourselves into the circle a little bit. Not pushing ourselves in, that's a bad way of saying it, but um, uh, scooting our chair in and saying that w w there's people that need to scoot their chair out so that more people can fit in, but you scooted your chair in. You took the step to go into softball um, and, and took that uh, kind of courageous step to be the person that nobody knew uh, on the softball team. Tell us a little bit about the first time you went to a softball uh, game. It wasn't, it's not always easy to scoot your chair in if you want to use that. Yeah, metaphor. and I guess I was a little new to the church softball setting. I didn't really do a whole lot of baseball or softball growing up, uh, but I was still active enough where I felt like I could contribute, I could contribute uh, and be a helpful person, just uh, have like an extra body on the field, maybe shag some fly balls in the outfield. But uh, I had a golf background, so I think that kind of worked to, as a detriment to me because a lot of people said I had a golf swing when I was swinging the bat. <laughs> Uh, so I had a lot of choppy dribblers through the infield, and it was just a matter of legging out a single for the first couple of games just to earn my status and at least to kind of get some value to the team. But 
Um, so yeah, it was a little bit of a tricky uh, startup and I think you are aware, my dad told you, but I showed up wearing like some metal tip spikes or some cleats and that was a big no-no. Uh, I didn't know what to wear, I just thought I had to get some baseball shoes just so I could run on the, the uh, gravel there. But uh, yeah, I walked in there with that and like a, maybe a bat that was too big and Darren had like the measurement thing for the bat, they put a sticker on, I thought I almost had an illegal bat, I had illegal spikes and I was thinking, oh man, like this is some serious stuff. But. Uh, but yeah, it was a good time. I eventually kind of worked my way up and earned the respect and got some good doubles in the process. Couldn't, couldn't ever hit homers like Ross, but, uh, but yeah, had some good moments. That's awesome. Well, it uh, is a good reminder, though, on a, um, for, for us as a church community, too, Alex, to think about how sometimes there's unwritten rules that we don't even know when we're a first-time visitor or coming into something. Uh, and I really appreciate how... Um, uh, tenacious, you might say, that you were, and keeping and showing up even when that first experience was like, you don't have the right bat, you don't have the right shoes, and you can't hit very well, uh, but you, 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 kept shoot, you, you kept showing up, uh, which is awesome, and the, the one time that I went to see you play softball, you hit like a double or a triple, come on, I mean. Yeah, I really flattened out the swing there, it took a little bit, but uh, some coaching tips from Darren and some, uh, some hard, uh, they roasted me a little bit too, just so I could kind of figure out that I was kind of in a, a group of players that took it a little more seriously or had some more pedigree than what I had. But, but yeah, eventually I worked my way up and I think I worked my way up from the last spot in the batting order to the second to last. So some progress there. So <laughs> That's because I showed up, yeah, I think. Yeah, and then that, I got the last spot been, and you got yeah, the second to last. Yeah. Well, Alex, I'm really grateful uh, for your story of how you've uh, scooted your chair in, not just on the softball team, but also with the youth group. Um, what a cool way um, to uh, invest in the life of Fellowship Church. Real quick, quickly, uh, as a kind of closing statement, tell us a little bit about why you jumped into the youth group and uh, how that's been formative for you. Yeah, so as I said earlier, when I was in high school, uh, the Fellowship High School Youth Group, and especially, I mean, even middle school, not especially, but yeah, high school was definitely a huge part of my growing up and maturing of my faith, even just getting to have the mentors that I had. Uh, Jerry and Sandy come to mind, just seeing them right there. Uh, so they're still actively involved, and just knowing that they were still involved with the youth group, it kind of let me know, like, okay, like, there's people that I know that are still there, and people that um, I kind of um, looked up to and respected that I could see myself kind of being uh, a figure for other people in high school, and maybe more relatable, just kind of being fresher out of, uh, fresher out of high school, but... Um, yeah, being in the area, Bryce reached out to me and it kind of worked out just perfectly. I had some availability on my Sundays uh, and I had the interest, uh, obviously, to come back and help out and uh, spend my time in church. So, so yeah, it's worked out really well. Just kind of getting to rekindle some of those old relationships, uh, see some of the youngins kind of growing their faith and hanging out with them and kind of feel like a kid again. But, but yeah, it's good. I don't know if that was a compliment or a roast, Alversons, but uh, I'm grateful that you're still in the youth group. It was a uh, compliment. Church. Definitely a compliment. <laughs> Definitely a compliment. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, thank you, Alex, uh, for sharing a little bit about how uh, God's spirit has been leading and guiding you uh, to f belong a little bit more at fellowship, and we're grateful uh, for your willingness to jump in to the softball team, to the youth group, uh, and to our worshiping community. Let's uh, give God thanks for the, the life of Alex Wilson. In the book of Psalms, and the 133rd Psalm, the psalmist says, here's my paraphrase, this isn't exactly, but what a really cool thing it is when people get along. <laughs> it's, um, <laughs> you should look it up, it's close to that. <laughs> We're gonna sing the words of that <laughs> coming up next. Um, but I wanna invite you to lean your chair in a little bit and learn this new song with us. Um, we're gonna probably be singing it more often. I wonder if it's such a good thing because it's not always happening around us. It's a rare, maybe, and beautiful thing because when people do get along um, in Christ and brothers as sisters in Christ, um, it's showing what, what is possible when we love one another as Christ loved us. So I would invite you to actually stand during this and, and let's see if we can learn this together and engage in it.
seated. Good morning, Fellowship Church, and glad to have heard from Alex this morning. I thought it was fun how he was uh, speaking about belonging here, and you noticed maybe his note card was a connection card. He had scribbled his notes on the back. How cool is that, right? <laughs> how fitting. Well, today we're here also with Carol, but would you give her a warm welcoming <laughs> fellowship welcome first? And in the same way, Carol, I didn't tell you I was going to have you do this, but would you at least introduce yourself a little bit to them uh, before we move into our questions? Ross. Yeah, <laughs> curveball from the start. <laughs> yeah, my name is Carol Washburn. I've been at Fellowship for about a couple of decades, I think. And right now, I, um, my service and my area of growth and my belonging is especially in um, a Zoom group that I meet with called Conversations on the Gospel of John. So yeah. um, we're going to be doing John this year at Fellowship, so I'm really excited about that. Yeah, this is fitting. So Carol is speaking on behalf of this GROW, the second of our three dots, and uh, she's been teaching the Gospel of John for a couple years now, and we'll be doing so again starting in March, correct? 17. March 17, there you go, got the date. <laughs> and, uh, and so she's kind of dove in deep into this. You may not know this yet, but uh, our pattern at Fellowship is to study one of the Gospels each year between Christmas and Easter. And this year we're up to the Gospel of John. How fitting. We've already been leaning into the Gospel of John, and we'll do so heavily, basically chapter by chapter, uh, starting from Christmas all the way up until Easter. Carol is here to share a bit, and I invited her first to just share a bit of why do you love the Gospel of We know you love the Bible, but you especially love the Gospel of John. Yes, Would you yes, share why? Yes. So my story goes back even much, much longer than Alex's story goes. But um, we had just had our second daughter, and I was teaching, and I had really what I considered a demanding position at that time and was very tired. And so when I, after our daughter was born, I had a year's leave of absence, and I can't tell you how excited I was about that. I wanted to do so many fun things and really indulge myself. It was like a year-long vacation, even though I had other things to do. Not having to teach that year felt like a vacation to me. Mm -hmm. So um, I was looking for things to do, and a friend of mine said, why don't you join me in this Bible study? And I looked at her and I said, that's the last thing I want to do. <laughs> that doesn't sound fun. And I was looking for fun things. I wanted to play tennis because I'm a terrible player and I wanted to improve my game. And so I was looking for fun things to do and the Bible study just didn't sound fun to me. Nor, did I, nor was I interested. I was brought up as a Christian but by the time I got to college, God was really totally irrelevant to my life. I mean, I didn't have any relationship, any real connection with the church, didn't have many Christian friends. I was just out there in the world, and God was way in the background somewhere. Yeah. So when she mentioned this Bible study, I thought, Bible study? No, no, I'm not interested, and I don't need it, and I don't want it, and it doesn't sound fun. So, Carol, let me pause you there a minute because I have a hunch. We don't like to admit this in church, but I'm betting a lot of people sometimes think the same way that you do uh, where, where uh, when we're looking for something fun, when we have a break, uh, the, the first thing on our mind is probably more like tennis right. than actually joining a right. Bible study. Right. And, and yet your friend persisted with she this idea. Did. She persisted and persisted and kept inviting me and inviting me and finally... And I don't even know why, but finally I gave in and went with her. I was very rebellious. I parked in the wrong place. I was always late. I rolled my eyes a lot, and, she, and I poked her, and I went like this. And <laughs> this seems she, like a fellowship theme, whether it's softball bringing the wrong <laughs> stuff or showing up at Bible study with a wrong attitude. Right. Oh, it was such a bad attitude as I look back on it. But my friend just smiled at me and let me be rebellious. And... Um, the first year, I don't even remember what we studied, and the next year, it was Genesis, and I, I have to admit, I loved getting into the Bible and studying it. I mean, as a history book, mm -hmm. and it's a great book of literature, and of course, it was theological and spiritual, too, but that took some time for me. But then, the next year, we studied the Gospel of John, mm -hmm. and 
I don't know what happened, but something was happening to me, and I was being drawn closer to Jesus, and I thought, everything about him was so beautiful and so amazing and so loving that I, I couldn't keep my distance anymore, and I was just drawn closer and closer. And then we got to um, the vine and the branches. You remember, some of you, many of you probably remember the vine and the branches and how you have to be attached to the vine. And of course, I didn't feel I was attached to the vine. And I was one of those branches lying on the ground or something. And, um, and then the phrase that came to me that changed my life, I guess I would say, is, apart from me, you can do nothing. In my whole life, I had was living apart from God, and I thought, is this all nothing? Anyway, hmm. that phrase um, hmm. just touched my heart, changed me, and I thought, this is the place I want to be. I don't want, I want to be attached to the vine. I want to follow Jesus. I want him to be the most important person in my life. I mean, it was a radical, radical change for me. Yeah. And so I repented and had this kind of little covenant ceremony with God and vowed that I would be in relationship with him and make him the most important person in my life. And you shared so that this was with, growth. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And when you shared with us me earlier, you used the term kind of awakening. That that's yes. a bit of what happened yes. in this uh, when you wanted to go play tennis. Which tennis is awesome. Play, play, play tennis. <laughs> but uh, but going to this Bible study turned into some kind of an awakening. Yes, for it you. did. Yes. Uh, so something that didn't sound fun and sounded unimportant just became amazing to me. Yeah. I mean, yeah. because I was learning about the beautiful beauty and love of Jesus and was just drawn to that. Yeah. So, Carol, we're about to lean into this gospel, kind of uh, a chapter a week, and I'm wondering if you, having studied it for the last few years and, and much of your life, if you can give a little snippets of, hey, watch out for this story because I like it. Uh, this one's exciting. Is there a few oh, bits? You just highlighted oh John 7, uh, 15, but are there others that you would say? Every week, every chapter, Sometimes every verse and every phrase, you know, something can just stand out so beautifully. Um, and every encounter of Jesus is so beautiful. When he encountered the Samaritan woman, for example, I never knew she was so feisty. You know, she, she was just, she interrupted him. She kind of led the conversation. And then when she found out he was a prophet, she wasn't real impressed because she was waiting for the Messiah. And then that beautiful, exquisite ending, he says, I who am speaking to you am he. And of course, her life was just, mm -hmm. she dropped her water, water jar on the ground and probably smashed to pieces. And she flew into town and said, I, I've met the Messiah. She had to tell everyone about this amazing experience she yeah. had. So there are just so many stories I could tell, Ross. So we, we can don't bring have time, our, right? our feisty, disruptive Bible study selves yeah, like, yeah, like her yeah, to Jesus. Yeah, yeah, she was feisty yeah, too. Right, so. yeah, right. <laughs> One last and briefly, you have become a teacher. You lead Bible studies. You help other people grow even as you grow yourself. Can you just say a little, why yeah. teach? But, Ross, I don't think I'm teaching. I'm, I, I don't know if I'd call it teaching. I prepare materials, but it's really for sharing something because I learn as much from everyone else. I mean, we all learn together. It's a conversation. And um, it just makes everything so much richer because what I get out of a chapter, someone else gets something else, and that person gets that, and this person gets such and so, and it's just all learning together. Yeah. It's learning together and really getting deep into, into, a, into it. And like the Samaritan woman, when she found out something, she had met the Messiah, she had to tell everyone, she wanted to share it. Yeah. That's how I felt. I just wanted to, and I still share that. I mean, I still feel that way, that I just want to share. I didn't know what I was missing. I didn't know what I was missing. And I thought, how many other people don't know what they're missing by not getting really deep into the Word, and Jesus is called, I am, you know, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was life, and the Word 
the word was God and the word is God. Mm -hmm. So getting into the word, you're getting into Jesus and building that relationship. And it, he, he turns my weakness into strength, my despair into hope, yeah. my boredom into <laughs> excitement. Yeah. Just yeah. everything changes. It's like I, I didn't even know I was walking in darkness or walking in clouds, and suddenly I came into sunshine. And nothing mm -hmm. looked different on the outside, but on the inside, everything was light and beautiful. And I, I, mm -hmm. how do you explain it? Yeah. I love what you're saying because the best things in life are meant to be shared. And that's what yeah, happened that's, to you. So you discovered I, this wonderful thing and then look mm -hmm, to share mm -hmm. it. So, and some, sometimes when I ask a person to a Bible study or to join us in these conversations, I don't give up either yeah, because yeah. my friend didn't give up on me. There so. you go. Right on. Right on. Hey, would you thank Carol for sharing with us this morning? Thank you, guys. invite you to make this next song your prayer, even as you consider um, what a beautiful focus Jesus is for our life. Welcome Ed and Jenny Schmidt. I was asked to go first. Um, I'm not used to talking to adults. I'm a teacher, so I'm used to little people. So I'm going to pretend like you're first and second graders, and I'll be fine, I think. Um, a couple of weeks ago, um, Nate approached um, some of us in the kitchen when we were helping on Wednesday, and he talked to Patty and Bob Vandebrand, who are in charge, and said, we want you to talk about serving. And they said, oh, no way. I'll ask Ed and Jenny. So here we are. Um, we have not been here very long. We moved recently from Portage, Michigan, um, where Ed was a pastor for many years. And um, we had to quit our time there early because of COVID. So we never really got to say goodbye to people properly or finish our, our ministry. Um, I had always been really involved with the music ministry all my life and loved doing that and enjoyed teaching children. And um, so I was thinking, I guess I won't do those things anymore when we came here. But um, we moved to Holland to be with our grandchildren and son and daughter-in-law and um, began watching churches online at first. And we were really struck with the music here. And um, Ed said, I got to pick the church this time because I followed him wherever he went. So um, we love the music and we love the 
preaching, and we were really drawn to fellowship. So when things calmed down a bit, we began coming to worship in person in May. And at that time, they were advertising for um, the need for Bible school helpers. And I got up my courage, which I'm not very courageous, and I went up to Betsy, and I kind of gave her my resume, and I, I said, you know, if you'd have me, I'd like to be the person to be that last helper. And she hesitated, and then she said, I think you can do that. So um, I did Bible school just a couple weeks after we came. It was a great joy and so much fun to be with kids. Um, I love watching them being nurtured in their faith and helping be a part of that. Um, soon after, Jess was willing to let me try singing with praise team, and that has been so much fun. And I just really love music, and it's been a blessing to be a part of that ministry as well. Um, through our involvements, um, and Ed's going to tell you more about that, um, we've had a chance to meet some more people who are involved in those ministries, and that has made our step into a new church so much easier. It's starting to feel like a family to us, and it will take years, but we're really happy to be here. So why do we want to serve? We want to serve because we feel blessed with, I guess you could call them gifts or talents or abilities or willingnesses to do things, and because of that, we can maybe bless others. Um, the Lord loves it when we're willing to be used by him. Um, sometimes I feel a little urge in my heart, and I know that that's talk, God talking to me, telling me to do something, and um, it's time to answer that call. And sometimes that little voice sounds a lot like a pastor who's asking me to do something, and we need to say yes when that happens too. Um, when we do get involved and we are um, a part of a congregation, um, we get to know people and we get to be involved in their lives, and that is truly what we should be doing. So we are thankful to be here. So as Jenny shared that when we started worshiping together, it was the new season of our lives of being in retirement, finally. And after we had been here for a number of weeks, Pastor Ken Eriks came up to us and asked if we would be willing to be a part of hospitality ministry. And after thinking about it a little bit, now I knew how to be, you know, coming to church regularly, and we parked in the lanes that you're supposed to, but my rebellion said, not yet. I'm not ready to give Sunday, even on a schedule, once every six or eight weeks. The freedom of retirement was calling me to be flexible. <laughs> so we said, not yet, Ken. And I don't know what it was about me or us, but a few weeks later, Pastor Nate came up to us and said, how about joining Wednesday night convenient meals? And I said, all right, I can't do say no because it's not on Sunday. <laughs> and I know how important it is for having a good crew of uh, doing meals and helping out with the midweek program like that. We've been involved on the other side of preparing and organizing and doing it for many years. And I asked, well, what will we have to do? And Nate shared that we've got a cook, we've got somebody who's organizing it, and Bob and Patty are great team leaders. We just have to show up and serve and then do a little cleanup. And it's at that point I said, wait a minute. Does that involve dishes? <laughs> now, everybody in the family knows that you get your turn to do dishes. What they didn't know is that my freshman year at college, for 10 to 12 hours a week, I helped the dish crew at Phelps Hall. All right? Hundreds of dishes every one of those meals. And so, I again was ready to back up and say, yeah, I'll wait on the dishes. But Tim, the cook, who spends the time cooking, and he'll jump right in and do most of the dishes and get that dishwasher working. So we're really doing just helping out serving. It was a part of getting to know this family and this congregation that we wanted to share. It is an acknowledgement of if a number of people will assist, it all goes a lot easier. And I love the fact that we were here at 5 o'clock. We could 
eat together, get to know people. And by quarter to seven, we were able to go to a class or go able to do other things that we wanted to do. So I recognize that, yeah, it takes time. It takes, in some cases, only a little bit of skills and training um, that we can help out being the community. And we wanted to help do that as a part of the family ministry here at Fellowship, but also Christ's church. And so I'm grateful to have the ability to help share with others and learn from you and with you. I'm grateful that we can do that so the staff and all of the other volunteers can share their talents and abilities. If we can just do a little pair bar on Wednesday so they don't have to worry about that. Um, and then for the greater work of fellowship, sharing that light and that testimony and that experience in our community for others as well. I think many of you are familiar with the psalmist verse that says, it's better than one day, one day is better in the house of the Lord than thousands elsewhere. That's a comparative phrase to get you to think about the advantage of being with the Lord. The next verse is also a comparison. Maybe you're familiar with that one too, where the psalmist says, I'd rather be a doorkeeper than, and again, somewhere else. One of the newer translations puts it like, I'd rather be a floor scrubber in the house of the Lord. Well, if you permit the Ed Schmidt version of it, I'm choosing to say right now, I can be a food server in the house of the Lord, or I can be a dishwasher in the house of the Lord, because we all get to help and do the ministry. And so we're learning to belong to a new family, to grow in relationships with other people, to find out who some of you are and your journey and your faith experience, but then also for us to continue to serve as God calls us to do. We've been doing it for our life and we will continue to do it in a variety of ways and it's kind of enjoyable to do that and I want to invite you. I think there's that invitation, particularly on Wednesday night, to help us out, you know, to come join the meal, but uh, it doesn't take much effort to help serve that cookie, you know, that they get to pick from or getting a few waters and the plastic dishes done um, we would love to have you come and join us as we share, as we share and as we serve um, this kingdom and this community, and thank you for that privilege of being part of it. love that focus that um, Ed just ended with where it's, it's kingdom, it's kingdom workers, it's this identity um, in service as that part of our identity as, ch as children of God is to be kingdom workers um, for the one who reigns. So we're going to sing a song we've been um, learning a bit this Advent and Christmas season, He Shall Reign Forevermore. I'm going to invite you to stand one last time here. <laughs> Actually, not one last time. I'm going to do it again later. <laughs>
Well, friends, there are a few better ways to begin a new year than at the table of our Lord Jesus Christ. And over the last few moments, we've heard the great stories and testimonies of some of our very own, from Alex, from Carol, from Ed and Jenny, about belonging, growing, and serving as this great opportunity of the life of faith that we share together. I invite you to consider even just a minute the opposite of those very things. The opposite of belonging might be isolation or loneliness. The opposite of growing might be stagnation or uh, degeneration maybe even. The opposite of serving would be to think only of yourself or to disregard others. Uh, That's not much of a life to live, is it? And Jesus came to invite us into something much different, and he does so through this very table. We're going to learn at the beginning of this new year, as we begin a study of the Gospel of John, that Jesus, in the Gospel of John, invites people to follow him with a very unique phrase. The invitation is to come and see. Come and see. It's a way of saying, try me on. How about you follow my way in this world? So we're going to come and see with Jesus as well over the months ahead. But for now, we come to this table, and at Fellowship Church, we invite to this table all who love God and who are learning to follow Jesus, who are seeking his way of belonging, growing, and serving. You're welcome to join us at this table. I want to give you permission at this moment to get your elements ready. We have to do that a little differently, uh, just so that you're ready and you don't miss it. You're welcome to get out the pouches and maybe even crack open the cups right now. If you didn't get the elements on your way in, Doug here is walking. Just give a little wave of your hand. I see Jane's getting up over there. Wave your hand and feel free to get those elements ready so that you can join in the partaking of them in a few moments. As you do that, I want to remind you that this is a table that represents several things for us. It's a table of repentance where we come and we are invited to turn away from our broken selves. So if the past year has been a year of regret or if you don't like the person that you are becoming or if there are things in your life right now that you wish were not there that do not belong, this is a table of repentance. We are invited to come and lay those things down at the very feet of the one who can take care of those things. It's a table of repentance. It's also a table of grace. And at this table, we receive Christ and all of his benefits, salvation, and our participation in it, even now and into eternity. It's a table of grace. And it's also a table of hope, where we, where we receive this invitation of Jesus into a new adventure of life, where he says, come and see. And when we do come and see, we find the kingdom abundant. I invite you to join me in prayer. O Lord, our God, creator of the universe, and Lord of all life, including my life and our life together, with your people all over the world and throughout time, we gather now to give you thanks for all that this table offers to us, the forgiveness of sins, fellowship with your son, Jesus, the joy of Christian friendship, the hope of Christ-centered unity and spiritual food for the spiritual journey. In the mystery of this meal, O God, would you please bind us together with our brothers and sisters just down the street, with Catholics and Lutherans and Episcopalians and more. Join us together with the martyrs throughout the ages and the faithful who have gone before us. Join us together with the church underground which operates in places that are hostile to the name that is above all names. And join us together with the church in its various forms and places throughout this great big wide world. All together, make us a people who belong together, who are growing in Christlikeness, and who serve joyfully. To that end and through this meal, I ask that you would send your Holy Spirit upon us that the bread which we break and the cup which we bless may be to us communion with the body and blood of Jesus Christ. Grant that, being joined together in him, we may attain to the unity of the faith and grow up in every way into Christ, who is our head. And as these grains have been gathered from many fields into one loaf and these grapes from many hills into one cup, 
Grant, O Lord, that your whole church may soon be gathered from the ends of the earth and into your kingdom. Even so, come Lord Jesus. And all God's people said, Amen. Friends, listen now to the story that we know of our Lord Jesus Christ. For it was on a night where he was gathered with his disciples. On the same night that he was to be, be, to be betrayed, that he took bread and after giving thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples saying, this is my body given for you. I invite you to take the bread that you have with you now and place it in your palm. And we're going to take just a moment of imaginative prayer, picturing yourself at the table fellowship with our Lord Jesus Christ and all of the faithful. And now, friends, take and eat. Taste the gospel. In the same manner, and on that same night, Jesus then took the cup, the cup of redemption. He said, this cup is now the cup of a new testament in my blood. As often as you drink of it, do so in remembrance of me. So now please take the cup and hold it for just a moment, and in imaginative prayer, I invite you picture yourself with Jesus and him offering to you all of his benefits through his blood. The blood of Christ shed for you. Friends, these are the gifts of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let's continue in worship. Now we'll say you can stand one last time. <laughs>
My friends, the true light which enlightens everyone has come into this world. Go this week and bear witness to the light that is Jesus Christ. And may the grace of that Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you. Amen.